Welcome to Book Me, Conversations with Writers, sponsored by Nimbus Publishing and Arts Nova Scotia. Today, our host, Costas Halabrezos, will be speaking with Len Wagg. Photographers wrestle with a lot of things at once, and I'm not talking about their camera equipment. Most importantly, there's light, which refuses to stop changing. There's the search for the best angle to use to create a fresh perspective on their subject. And they wrestle with time itself, often measured in thousands of a second, as they try to capture an image to share with us. Len Wagg is a champion wrestler of all those things. His photographs have appeared in Maclean's, Time Magazine, and the New York Times. In 2008, Len won the Mayor's Award for Excellence in Book Illustration for Wild Nova Scotia, his photographic portrait of the province's protected areas. He's published four Nova Scotia-themed books with Nimbus. In his latest, Nova Scotia from the Air, he gives us a bird's-eye view of the province through aerial photographs paired with archival images. And he's my guest today on BookMe. Len, welcome. Great to be here. How old were you when you knew you were going to be taking pictures for a living. I don't really know when I realized that. I don't know if I realized that yet or not, <laughs> but I but I believe I am. Uh, I think it was uh, when I started in my um, in my early twenties. I graduated from the uh, vocational school in the photography program, which is now NSCC, and I I got to join this uh, upstart little newspaper called the Halifax Daily News. And in the first six months, I had uh, photographed the Queen the Pope, been on a tall ship, and flown in the snowbirds. So I said, this is a pretty good gig. I should, I should stick with it. <laughs> stick with this. And they pay you for it. And they pay me for it. <laughs> now, I, I mentioned uh, the thousands of a second uh, that matter when you're trying to get an image of something or, or someone moving fast. But your 2015 book, Then and Now, was dealing with a timeline of decades. Tell us about that. It was. I, I, I looked through – I was at the Nova Scotia Archives looking through images one day and I had seen – I saw this collection and it was on the on the virtual archives and it was, uh, you know, an icon of Nova Scotia, Walsh or McCaskill. And, uh, and you, know, you know, people who don't know his photography, just put your hand in your pocket, pull out a dime and you'll know his photography. The Blue Nose. So you look at that. The Blue Nose is on it, the, the original one. So I, had st I started looking at that and uh, it was an amazing thing when you start to look at – Back in the 1920s, 1930s, uh, you know, a lot of us have seen McCaskill's photos and we don't even know we're looking at McCaskill's photos. But this guy uh, and his wife, uh, who was also a photographer, both of them, they almost gave a visual identity to Nova Scotia, to who we are, uh, because the way they captured, uh, captured the province. And, and I looked at that and I thought, maybe I should go back and, and take a look at this. Uh, I wasn't, originally I wasn't a, a fan of the whole then and now genre, but when you start it and you go down that bunny hole, you can't get out of it because it's fascinating to see, you know, what was there once and, and what's not there now or what was there once and now what, what's there even more. Uh, McCaskill is best known, though, as, as a great marine photographer. There is that uh, iconic blue nose uh, photograph, of course, but he shot a lot more than that. He did, you know. He traveled. Uh, he traveled around. Well, not only Nova Scotia, but he uh, he traveled around uh, the world. 
And in fact, he was one of the uh, first photographers, first non-Brit to win the Royal British Photography Prize. So his his work, he won hundreds of hundreds of prizes. And when you think of a guy from St. Peter's, Nova Scotia, you know, goes to Sydney, moves to Halifax, and then, you know, we have the Halifax explosion that happens. He's a photographer documenting that. Uh, really, it was a fascinating, fascinating life that uh, that he had. Now, you tried to stand where McCaskill had stood uh, when you took your shots. What, what was your process from doing that? You were working from his photographs and, and the perspectives that, that he was framing. So tell us about some of the things that were going through your mind, because some of the places you were standing that he stood didn't exist anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So I would start out, you know, I started out, I think I had 300 images. And uh, so I said, okay, 300, that looks good. So I'm going to start and I'm going to go and see what I can find. And sometimes where, you know, you were staying in this rolling field and you would see farmhouses and a lake in the distance, I'd find that spot and I'd be in a forest. Because, you know, uh, like when you look at 100 years ago in Nova Scotia, a lot of it was uh, just farmland. And it was very, it was very individual farms. It wasn't kind of industrial farms. It was, uh, you know, so you would go there and you would look and say, okay, that's, that's not, that doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't make a picture. Or in other places you'd go. So you ended up, you'd have to be a little bit of a sleuth and you'd start to look for roof lines and you'd look for, you know, roads and you'd look for rivers in the way that, and you try and find those bends and, you know, things change. But some things stay the same. So once you found something, you could start to build. And it wasn't only the um, it wasn't only the physical things that you look at, but then you look at the camera lens that he had. Like, what was he shooting with? Was he shooting with a large format camera, which are different than the cameras that I'm shooting with now? You know, the different perspectives of different lenses uh, give you different ideas. So in some cases where, you know, a wide angle lens getting what he had, well, maybe he was using a different camera. It kind of crammed things together instead of, you know, pushing them apart. So those subtle differences were something that I really kind of had to start looking at. I remember going to a presentation by the uh, the great uh, New Brunswick and world photographer Freeman Patterson one time. And he commented about things like that. He says, before we had telephoto lenses, we had these, and he pointed down to his feet. Yeah, <laughs> Which is yeah, his approach. Yeah, you yeah. walk up to the thing if you yeah, want. Exactly. To be... <laughs> it's like you walk closer. Yeah. <laughs> now, in your introduction to that book, you raise a really interesting question. I think whether McCaskill was reflecting quote the spirit of who Nova Scotians are, or who they are to the rest of the world. What were you thinking about there? What I was thinking about is when when you look at how we're known. Is it is it just something that people see us as, you know, when they see us as blue nosers or they see us as, you know, descendants of Scots or things like that? You think, are we known that way uh, because, you know, McCaskill went around and photographed um, those communities, you know, where he photographed? Are we known as a province of quaint little fishing villages because those are the images that you see of Nova Scotia? So, you know, in when you look at that time that McCaskill was around, that visual identity almost did it did it come from him did he reflect it or did he create it so when you look at mccaskill he was a sailor you know in 19 1920s 1930s you didn't jump on the 101 and head to advocate harbor you know that was a long ways away so did he sail around and, and in that case he would have sailed from port to port to port and, uh, of course, he with the cameras his size he would have again you know you had to carry them around so 
Nobody photographed the ports, and thus we became known as a province of ports, which we which we are in some places. But of course, obviously, we all know that we're much more than that. Mm-hmm. And that was that was something that I was that I kept kind of thinking about as a, as I was working on that project. Is did he go somewhere to photograph something that he knew of, or because he went there to photograph that place, did it become known? Tell us about McCaskill's photo, known as. Kingdom by the Sea at Ferguson's Cove and, and why it became almost monumental. It was it was one of those, you know, it's the 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 boy and the girl and they're walking down the road, the lens, you're you're looking through it. It's it's a magical moment with the light and with the just the soft focus of it. And the and the, the way the trees came in. Uh, I was standing there and I was photographing and I was cuz I I had a little boy and a girl that were roughly the same age and I was photographing uh them and uh, a gentleman came out of his house and he said, uh, "I know what you're doing." <laughs> and uh, anyway, he went back in and he came back out and he had the picture, the kingdom by the sea, which is the little boy and girl walking down the road hand in hand. And he said to me, uh, did you give the boy a nickel? And I said, uh, no, I, I, I didn't. Why? He said, well, he said, when McCaskill took that picture, the little boy wouldn't hold the little girl's hand. So he gave him a nickel to hold her hand. And I said, that's a great story. And, and he said, this was my wife's favorite picture from that collection. And of course, you know, McCaskill lived on Ferguson's mm-hmm. Cove Road. Uh, so that was, you know, people would see him doing a lot of uh, a lot of his work there. Wondering about the strange connection of McCaskill and, and coins, you know, the nickel, the know. Uno's dime. <laughs> it keeps <laughs> coming back. <laughs> Let's move along to another one of your books. Uh, you set yourself a real challenge with Nova Scotia at night because photographers need light. Exactly. <laughs> I try not to do the same thing over and over again, you know, and that's and that's part of it. One of the things that if you do the same thing over and over again, you become bored. Um, but the other thing is it's it's challenging. I think in order to grow, you need to challenge yourself and you need to step out of your comfort zone and try and get things, you know, to keep an interest. Because, you know, when you've been in the career for a long time, you want to be fresh. You don't want to just sit on your laurels. You want to be. And so that's one of the things that I looked at is that, uh, you know, let's let's see what I can do at night. Now, in that book, you illustrate that the camera can see things at night that we can't. Can you give us an example? The Northern Lights, you know, are, are a great example of what, what you see. So when we go out at night, you know, we have the rods and cones in our eyes. And, uh, well, tell us about the rods and cones now, Review. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I start talking about rods and cones, we're going to have somebody coughing because uh, you got that wrong. We always get it backwards. But, you know, part of us, you know, we, we, we perceive color. And part of us, uh, part of the eye perceives light. And uh, when you go out at night, um, just as your eyes start to get adjusted to the darkness, your your perception of color lowers, but your perception of light increases. So that's why, you know, after you've been walking out on a country road for 45 minutes, you can see better. But you can't see the colors. And one of the things about, you know, either film or your digital is that they they don't need any change. They see the colors that you see. So... Yeah, but don't get me wrong. When you see the northern lights, you see them. They really come out. But then as you start looking at them, you start to perceive them better the longer you're in them. And uh, so one of the um, one of the things that happens is that initially when you look at it, you, you're not seeing it with the bright, vibrant colors that are really there. But when you look at the when you look at your camera and when you look at the the final image, they're there. So it really is. They didn't uh, take any adjusting. <laughs> the it, camera didn't. <laughs> no, the the adjusting was all done by nature. In your prologue to uh, Nova Scotia at Night, 
you, you talk about the sense of wonder you had as a child watching the lightning hit the ocean uh, from your bedroom window and how that, that sense of wonder remains for you uh, in spite of technology and so on. Can you explain what sense of wonder means to an adult like yourself? I spent uh, I spent a lot of time when I when I did my uh, book on the wilderness I spent in that in a one year period I spent about a hundred days uh, in in the woods not not all one you know not all at once <laughs> but I would I, I spent about a hundred days in the woods and you know when you're when you're in the woods and and all the noise is gone the noise of technology the noise of uh, the noise of engines the noise of uh, the noise actually of straight lines and when you think about that the noise of concrete buildings you know when, when all that's gone. And you look and you start to feel. It's a really primal feeling. And I think when you, when you start to push away all the pressures of that we have of everyday life and you get back to where we came from, that sense of wonderment comes back because you start to feel a lot of those, I guess a lot of the, the things, the baggage that we have start, starts to go away. You know, as a job of a, to- a photographer is, you're you're alone a lot, and uh, so maybe you start thinking things that aren't there. But <laughs> but you know you're you're alone a lot, and you start thinking about a lot of these things as you're, and that sense of wonderment grows. You know you realize that we really do live in an amazing location in this part of our part of the globe. And when you're out there, you're not checking your cell phone every few seconds. You're not. And it, that's a really good point because um, what I found a few years ago is when you do have cell, cellular connection, when you're out there, your work isn't as good as when you don't. Because, because in a way, you're not really out there. You're somewhere else. Right. Because people people don't realize how easy it is to, to disconnect from where you are with one of your, you know, one of your cellular devices. You totally disconnect from your location and just go into this technological world that we're working with. But when you turn it off, you begin to reconnect. So now it's kind of part of my standard operating procedure that when I want to go out there, I want to click, it's off. And I just connect with what I'm doing. And I, I it was funny because I found it, it was a real difference. Bingo, you get the sense of wonder back. It comes back. Now, uh, we're told a picture speaks a thousand words. Uh, considering your latest book, Nova Scotia from the Air, what picture tells the, the richest story, do you think, and, and why? It might be different for different people, but but for you, for Len Wegg. You know the the new the new one the new book that I have um, and again like I said earlier I didn't want to be that then and now guy but I'll I'll tell you a funny story. I I started looking at this collection that was done by Richard McCauley in 1931. the The fifth photo in that collection was my house in Parisboro. Really? So my house was built in 1920s. And I go through and I'm in like not now photo number 15 or 20. And it was a farmhouse that I worked at when I was 12 in the Annapolis Valley. And I thought, I can't, I can't not do this. <laughs> this is just saying, just come on, let's go, let's go. So when you think that 1931, a guy flies by a farm that I was working on when I was 12. And I wasn't 12 in 1931. <laughs> but a guy flies by and he takes that picture. And then, you know, here I am, 90 years later, looking through and I find it. It's got to be, it's, it's an omen. It's an omen. I have mm-hmm. to go do it. So I, I think we it, tend to forget how long aerial photography has been around. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. It's been uh, 1909 is when, you know, in Ben Bray, when Alexander Graham Bell Graham and Douglas McCurdy mm-hmm. first, uh, first flew in the, you know, in Canada, the British Empire, whatever, you know, it was yeah. all, it was all around the same time after, after Kitty Hawk. It was, it was then that it really started. Mm-hmm. And now we have drones. And now we have drones. Now tell us about your uh, modus operandi, though, for this book, for the current aerial photographs. So for the current uh, aerial photograph, uh, the book that, I've, that I'm working on, I did it in three eyes. One is I, I fly. I started flying when I was a kid, when I was 14, uh, flying gliders. And I've always had this this sense that, I, you know, whenever I get in uh, in a commercial airline or whatever, I get in the window and I look down, the, you know, I'll look down the entire flight, uh, just looking for shapes, designs, and see how the geography moves and how people move with the geography. And uh, so in this one, I've gone with uh, powered aircraft. Uh, so I've uh, I've gone with uh, with the helicopters. A lot of work in in choppers because it's a very I wouldn't say economical, but it's a very easy way to do things. That you can go from point to point to point. This is the angle. This location. Stop here. Shoot it. Move on to the next location. And uh, I have brought in and there's one photo in this that is the new the new technology of people say drones. I. I I, that is that is the common phrase word, but to me, drones suggest something autonomous. Uh, when in fact it isn't, because you know you you put this unmanned airplane, you put it up there in the location you want, you take the picture. So it's the gray matter that that kind of <laughs> does it. But but there's there's photos in there that are drone because you have to you, you have to uh, you know move with the technology. And you've been through several changes just in your career in technology. Exactly. I mean, going from from film to to digital. You know, going from film to taking film and digitizing it to then shooting it digitally yeah it's uh, it's changed a lot now you have viewed uh, nova scotia's most remote areas uh, you've viewed it through a historical lens uh, in the so-called dark <laughs> and, and most recently from the air you were shooting current events for the for the daily news back in the day what's next what's next you know what's next is uh I don't know what's next. Oh, and it's funny. good place to be. <laughs> it, it is funny. I don't. I don't know. I've got a couple of ideas, and uh, but I wanna. I wanna go somewhere that I haven't gone before, and that um, you know, and that leads me to think I want to sit down. I want to let the creative juices kind of start to boil and see where I can go. Len Wag, thanks for coming in. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Photographer Len Wegg has published four Nova Scotia-themed books with Nimbus, Wild Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia Then and Now, Nova Scotia at Night, and most recently, Nova Scotia from the Air. Book Me is produced by Robin Grant, and Lynn Fox makes it sound fantastic. I'm Costas Halavrezos. Now, let's go read. (laughs) 